TLDR, you guys are awesome. And welcome back to issue 36 of TLDR. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. With me, as always, is my hatless partner in crime. Together, we are the Woodward Birdseed of the Dirk Jared Gooniverse. Friar, my guy, how's it going? I am so sorry that I didn't wear a hat today. I apologize. And you, I, I can't believe you didn't catch it till last minute. But yeah, sometimes I gotta just <laughs> I gotta let the hair flow. I know we're the backward we're backward hats boys or whatever, but um I don't give a shit, honestly, Joe. Like I didn't wear a hat today. I didn't feel like it. You know, I always, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. But I'm excited to talk about a book that uh that's been it kind of in the uh, uh not in the media. I guess, yeah, it's been, it been talked about recently because it has a show now. So there's there's a little bit buzz around it. And this is a book that none of us were really familiar with. We didn't know the show was coming, Jupiter's Legacy. But I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but first, I, I, God forbid I we go we talk about what we were catching up on with our reading. Because um, if I forget that, I'm, I'm screwed. I read Silver Coin recently between – I think it was between last episode and this. Maybe it was before that. And I didn't mention it in my catching up. But I'm going to talk about Silver Coin 2 when we get to that part of the show because that that also was released um, this week. So I'll get to that a little bit later. But I need you to tell me, Joe, about Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal because you read it and said you might want to pick it up. We mocked the title. And then I went to the comic book shop today in Seekonk, uh, Time Capsule, and the guy behind the counter was saying like – yeah, it's, it, it's a good book. It's pissing some people off, but it, it's it's pretty good. It, it's fantastic. I mean, we mocked it because I mean, the title is a little weird. And, and the synopsis was, was fucking bananas. It was like three paragraphs long. But I read it, and I didn't realize until I picked it up that it's written by Garth Ennis. Yep. Right? <laughs> How so, the hell did we miss that in the course I have, of I have I have no idea because you would think that would be front and center of any sort of promotion you would do for this book. Now, we had talked about way back when we first started reading AWA that Garth Ennis was brought in to be sort of a creative consultant, and, and uh, now he's starting to write books for him. So I read this as soon as I finished it last week. I texted you. It said, this, this book's actually really good. It's classic Ennis, uh, just sort of, you know, I, bat shit crazy isn't the right word to describe it, but it's just it's off the wall in at classic Ennis style. Um, and so, like I said, don't go by the synopsis. This is one case where the synopsis actually does the book a lot of uh, disservice. Uh, but I, I enjoyed reading it, and I can't. I think it's only four or five issues, so this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to give this one a shot. It's um, I'm seeing eight issues actually on the cover. Eight for, issues. Okay. Yeah. So um, I will be giving this a shot. Hopefully, I can talk about when we're talking about catching up at some point. Um, you know, in the near future, maybe next week even. Uh, but what else have you been catching up on this week besides the stuff, the, the new releases? So we didn't uh, we didn't do catching up last week, so we could uh, talk about Invincible. So um, I've caught up on Resident, which that's only got one more issue left. That book has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Blade Runner Origins uh, number three continues to be great. Um, the Carnage Black White uh, Black White and Blood series continues to be fantastic. I read issue two. Uh, Marjorie, Marjorie Finnegan, as we just announced, this one might surprise you. Iron Fist number five. I, I picked this up because of you know what we learned, you know what you know I sort of learned about what was going to happen in the issue with Akoye, and it was really good. Uh, you know, it was like okay, I don't really know what's going on, but the issue itself like held my attention so much so that I want to go back. I want to get the previous four issues, and definitely going to read the sixth one because this is. Hmm. seems like it's gonna be a nice tight little story um the the uh geiger i read uh, geiger number one uh, that came out a couple of weeks ago issue two came out today that was awesome 
Which one is that from? Which company? Oh, it's Image. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. um. Yeah, it's, that's what's his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, yeah, yep. we, but uh, well, look, yeah, that, that's that. I mean, that there's obviously there are times where we find things that are done by creators yeah. who late, you know, after the fact, of course. But I understand it's a good book. Yeah, but uh, but Geiger one was fantastic. Uh, the book that surprised me the most, Nick, was Spider Man Spider's Shadow number one. This is a what if story, and uh, it's premised around what uh, if Spider Man never got rid of the symbiote suit? What if he kept it? Oh, okay. And Nick, there is a moment at the, the at the end of this book, at the end that you know, I've you know, I've used the term jaw dropping many times on this show, but this is literally <laughs> like I had to you know pick my jaw up off the floor and put my eyeballs back out of my head. I couldn't believe it. It was awesome. And what's great is Zadarsky does a little write-up about like, you know, how much fun it is to do what if stories and what allows you know writers and creators to do. Uh, you know, that's outside of the norm. That's a lot of fun. So uh, it was absolutely fantastic. I can't, I can't tell you to read this one fast enough. It was really good. Spider-Man, spider shadow. And it's just yep. a one issue, one off. What if? No, no, no. Issue two came out today. Oh, right. that's the other one. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yep. right. Okay. Right there for those, sh- okay. for those watching. And it right? was Shutterbug that came out. It was, last. yeah. <clears throat> Shutterbug. Uh, you but, didn't even pick it up. Hey, you know what, Joe? We we can't, you can't always judge a book by okay. They should change so you can't judge a book by its title. Maybe yeah, we'll judge true. by its cover. True, by its title. Mm. True. Uh, but then the last one I caught up on, Nick. We've been kind of uh, eh, lukewarm on this one, Carmen. So we both got ah, Carmen yes. number one. Yeah, I don't and know we both is. were like, okay, there's something here, but it's a little far out. It's a little weird. Don't know if it's for us. I read the second issue. And I kind of felt the same way still after the second issue. So I told myself, give it one more issue. And so issue three came out uh, today and I read it and it completely changed my, it actually, it, 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 it a couple issues too late, but it, it, it got a hold of me. So I'm very, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to uh, okay. finishing this little series out and see how it goes because they, the, the writer finally, like, there's that that character. Her name's Carmen. She was real flaky, spoken riddles, and it was mm-hmm. kind of annoying. She finally like gave yeah. us something, right? Yeah, you know, gave us something. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's a meta. It's 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 a really philosophical book, and so it's much different than the type of stuff that we read. But this issue kind of turned a corner for me. So, so uh, do you think that? Oh, now that's great. And for the sake of what we do, you know, we're here to tell people about certain books that we like and, you know, give them a shot, whatever. Uh, you know, we will go in on some of these things a little bit longer than, than other people might. But when it's, um, when it takes three issues to get to the point, to, like to get to being interesting, do you think for that's a little bit too much normally? Cause I feel like if you're not getting me in on issue two, or if it's not characters that I know really like DC and Marvel can get away with that sometimes, but with something like this, like we don't know Carmen, we know nothing about this. I don't know the writer necessarily in this case either. So, so the the writer is Gillam March, who who uh, happens to be doing the oh, art on the Joker. That's right? what was he's okay, writing, yep. and he's doing the it. art. So typically, I would say you're correct. But there was something about this book in the first in, in the first issue that I said again, it's not typically for me. But there, I feel like there's something storytelling wise. Uh, there's something here, but it, again, it didn't get its hooks in me. I gave it the second issue. I still kind of felt the same way, got a little bit more. And it, like I said, it's very, it's just very, um, 
uh, you know, thought provoking and it's, it's, you know, it's, well, and, it's a little philosophical. And so I said, okay, this is it. I, I put my foot down third issue. If it, if I still feel the same way, I'm done. And it got me. And you so. know, what's funny is like when we both, you, you know, you're reading this right now. And I, I had, um, I, we did not talk to each other about this book when it first, like we, when we first read it, we did, but I didn't tell you before I picked, like, before I looked at it, that I was going to read it. Right. We just both happened on it. So there's clearly something there that w- is bringing us in. And now I'm at, I read the first one and I was like, I'll do the second one. I didn't. You now that you're you're feeling good after the third one, maybe I'll give it another shot again, or maybe yeah. I'll just maybe I'll wait till the end of the first arc and let you try and sell me on it and, and see if you, how much you still like it by the end. I'm gonna let it this one right out and let you yeah. make the call yeah. by, by the end of it all. I'm, I'm told because that's what we do here. Uh, is there anything else that you uh, haven't mentioned? No, no, we... that's uh, that's everything that I caught up on. So we're safe oh, to oh, go. Sorry, uh, Mirka Adolfo's Deep Beyond, uh, number four. Oh, uh, again, another great book. She's just what, killing it. Is that uh, is that boom? That's image. That's image. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Oh, you know, you Colin Bunn's the one that had a boom book that was announced uh, yep. in the past. That's coming in July, and that looks really that looks basilisk. Really. I think. Yes, it's exactly yeah. what it is. It's basilisk, and that I, saw some, I think we only saw the cover art for it and some yeah. variant covers, but that shit looks awesome. It sure but does. Let's get into what's new this week. I know you reviewed the Joker issue three. Uh, for Geeks Worldwide, I had Batman Urban Legends issue three, and then we had the start of Future State Gotham, which is you know redhead, uh, redhead, red, <laughs> ha, it's a red, it's, <laughs> it's uh, the book with Red Hood on the cover. We found out about this a while back. Very excited for this one. I reviewed that as well. And look, I like what Joshua Williamson is doing with the character here, and I think that in the ending, I told you, Joe, I don't, I don't think you got you haven't got a chance to read this one yet, right? No, I haven't. Okay, I don't know if I mentioned the ending in my review because, of course, I try. We definitely want to stay spoiler free in our uh, reviews of first issues for Geeks Worldwide. But in the first, the end of the first issue of uh, Gotham Future State, it was like, oh shit, it's about to get like a little bit messy here. I mean, I'm excited for what's going on. I'm not sure exactly what what's going to happen with Red Hood, what he's going to do, but he's in a little bit of a pickle and uh, with some familiar faces. So I'm very excited for that. But I think if we need, to, if we're trying to figure out who the next red hood writer would be right now for me because we're seeing three people who've, who've been around it it would be chip sadarsky then it would be matt matt rosenberg and then it would be josh williamson now williamson's been a little bit on the character more than rosenberg has but we're, we're removed enough now that if you haven't read batman urban legend issue two well this is kind of on you because we're on the third issue now in issue two, I told Joe, you have to fucking read this issue before the show. And he didn't read Grifter right away. And I said, read it, because that's what Rosenberg's writing. In the Grifter story, in Batman Urban Legends 2, we see Red Hood and Grifter cross paths. And it was fucking awesome. And I was like, as much as I want a solo Red Hood story, I would love to see these two as like the next thing, as Red Hood and Grifter. That's their new title. I'd be so here for it. And I would definitely want Rosenberg writing that. Yes, it's it's fantastic. I didn't. I made sure not to uh, uh, skip that this week. I made sure I read both. Uh, you know, I, I read Urban Legends issue three today, but I only read the two stories. The other two haven't really kind of held my attention all that much. Uh, but the Red Hood and the Grifter, especially the Grifter story, continues to be top notch. The so who is it? Bat- Brandon Thomas, who wrote Excellence, is writing the Outsider story, and I think yeah. that one just ended at three issues, and I thought that one was solid. I mean, there's a character I don't care about a ton, Katana especially, but yeah. I actually liked her more under under him than I had ever before, 
And I might give the out. And Duke Thomas is going to be involved more. It seems well, he's like he's a great forward. writer. He's a great yeah. writer. Oh, yeah. Thomas is a great writer. But I think Duke Thomas is going to be involved more. Yeah. Um, Signal is going to be involved more in the Outsider story. He was already in Batman and the Outsiders before. So I might give this a shot if I'm going to see that character and then Brandon Thomas writing it. So whatever they got planned is going to be in September. One of those books is continuing. Yeah. In the fall, I believe. Yeah. That, that one, one definitely is. And yeah. then maybe we'll get, the, maybe Red Hood will be from here with Chip Zdarsky. I mean, if that's, if that's an indication of what's to come, then I'm totally uh, Rosenberg and, and Zdarsky staying on the characters that they're with would be great. Oh. And the, the lady Shiva story that we got, I know you didn't read it, but I, I think this was one of the better ones for like red hood and grifter have been great, but that one may have been my favorite non red hood grifter story that we've gotten so far. The lady yeah. Shiva one in this issue. And that's her. Of course you got Batman in the mix as well, but um, what was I going to say? So that, and then let's see, we had Batman detective, uh, the, the detective two. That is by Tom Taylor. I actually didn't read that yet, but I remember I liked the first issue. I'll definitely be going back. Did you get a chance to peek at that? I still haven't read the first one yet, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, then we, speaking of things that we're behind on, I'm behind on American Vampire 1976. Um, issue eight is out this week, but I know where I left off. It's been an awesome series. Um, of course, Scott Snyder writing that. For Marvel this week, I know for me, You're I not picked gonna up- mention the book I reviewed for Geeks Worldwide? I thought I, I did out at the top. Oh, yes. What were your thoughts on it? I apologize. <laughs> I did mention it off the top. It was the first book I mentioned. Fuck. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't get your further thoughts on it. I apologize. No, no. It's just- yeah. <laughs> God, I'm like I'm way too. You know, this is decaf you know, today. I'm just bouncing. We're, ha- we're having it. We're having a fucking day today, aren't we? Holy yeah. smokes! No, it, it, so I wrote this review. You can find it over at geeksworldwide.com. I mean, again, my love affair with James Tynan is just growing and growing and growing. Uh, yeah. But no, it continues to be a great book because what what Tynan does really well is he builds suspense, he builds anticipation, and and with this book, it's just. It's plot like the first three issues. Like you, there's been moments of action, but I wouldn't call it an action-packed book. It's been a lot of uh, storytelling. It's been a lot of you know character work, and then just you get these beautiful panels driven, uh, dr- dr- driven, drawn by uh, Gil and March, and then it just sort of leads to this awesome ending of book three. And I thought this was a limited series. Looks like it's ongoing, so I am absolutely pumped uh, with the way that this oh. third issue ended. And what happened, and then where it's going to go over the next several issues um, should be absolutely fantastic. So, Gil, okay, did Gil and March draw Carmen as well? Yes. Okay, so now I have a better. Okay, now I get it. Now I see. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, and then we got from Marvel this week. I know I had uh, X Men X Corp that I picked up, and the guy who I, I his first issue of this, and uh, the, the guy time capsule is not too high apparently on the writer. So I, I don't know the name as well of the writer. Um, I don't have the copy. Right next to me, but I'm, I'm cautious, cautious, cautious going into this. Uh, Heroes Reborn issue two. Then we have th- this week Heroes Reborn colon Peter Parker the Amazing Shutterbug issue one, which Joe apparently is not interested. In. But there is Spider Man Shadows, uh, Spider Man Spiders Shadows issue two out this week, which Joe talked about yeah. a little bit earlier. Uh, what else do we have for Marvel this week, Joe? Anything? So, uh, so last week, uh, Bounty Hunters Alpha number mm-hmm. one came out absolutely fantastic right absolutely i think i praised it that it was just really good so uh star wars has this bounty hunters event going on right now and so um you know it gives you the checklist you know at the back of the book so i'm i'm gonna be reading all of these things i'm already reading darth vader but i haven't read any of the uh the main line of star wars right now so issue 13 came out i grabbed this cover here see you like those covers huh i don't it's the only one they had Ah, okay. Fair Typically, enough. it's not my cup of tea, but I, I, I like the black. Like I like the the black um, 
Boba Fett one last week, but mm-hmm. this was the only one they had, so I grabbed it. I hate when that happens, but I uh, do not like the toy covers. Yeah, typically I don't either. So that's going to be a fun series. You know, be on the lookout. We'll probably be talking and tweeting uh, the hell about that. Um, I've been in on Silk. So Silk 3 came out. Um, oh, okay. Silk 3 came out today. And apparently there's a, a new character um, either on the cover. So this purple, this, this character here in the purple uh, you know, suit coat. Um, or is it's in there, I can't remember. But um, it's it's been it's been a really good series. I've been enjoying that. Um, and then what else? And now you've been reading Heroes Reborn, X Men Corp. Yeah, so some some good stuff from Marvel this week. But the Star Wars stuff is uh, they got something cooking there. Yeah, and also uh, Star Wars: The High Republic issue five is out this oh, week as right. well, yep. which I, I have been reading that and I've been enjoying. It's been uh, it's been a solid series. Now I wouldn't say like I'm not as excited about it as I've been um, as I've been about this bounty hunter thing that we got going on, but it's been good. And I want yeah. more of the old Republic stuff, but I need more Sith. Like I, I like the good guy stuff, but we need to get into some more bad stuff. Like that's why I'm so excited for the acolyte shit when that yeah. comes along. But uh, anyways, for Boom this week, Seven Secrets came out. Also, Magic the Gathering issue two, which we are both reading that one. Yeah. Um, Proctor Valley, or Proctor, it, Proctor Valley Road issue three yeah. came out as well. Joe, uh, do you know off the top of your head? I know you're reading it, but who's writing that again? Oh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Okay, um, I, I want to say it's. Um, Oh, you know who's one of the writers? It's um, Grant Morrison. Is one ah, of the writers. and I can't remember who the other writer is. It's okay. been fantastic. I gotta give that. I gotta give that yeah. a shot then. But Seven Secrets issue eight was out this week, and seven the the seventh issue of the series. So it's the first one after the the first arc. The first trade is out in stores now. Uh, we talked about it on the show. A couple issues ago, and I really have enjoyed it so far. Tom Taylor, of course, he does an outstanding job with the seventh issue. It was kind of like a little, like, okay, let's catch our breath. It's a little side thing, a little background to the, to the main character, Casper. But then eight, we're back in it. We're back in the craziness, back in the intensity. And I really uh, like where this is headed. And it, it, you know, with the first arc, they kind of have to set things up. So there are some slower points. But in general, it was still, I, I've said, I really like it. I recommend it to everybody. And it seems like if eight is any indication, then this shit's going to get, is going to be bananas till the very end. So I don't know how many arcs Tom Taylor is hoping to do with this. I would think he has guaranteed two good ones left in it. If not, maybe a third, but you know, we'll see. Like, again, we've, we've tried to, we did this once in future where it's like, Oh, this will end soon. And ish. Right. And it's like, now it's like, not, no, it's got to have at least two, three more arcs. It's not like yeah. Castlevania, which I was talking about shine the other day. I thought that show had two more seasons in it at minimum sending it, it, it drops on Thursday and it's done. Then oh, it's Jesus. the last season. I like they've set it up. Whatever. Anyways, I digress. Um, Dark Horse. Anything that caught your eye that came out for them this week? Uh, so Dark Horse is a couple of books I'm interested in. Um, uh, I but we've talked about the Black Hammer Visions. So this is one where each issue is written by a different um, writer. Uh, I don't know who wrote this week's issue. Uh, I think next month or the month after is Cullen Bunn's issue. Uh, this one's so, not his. I thought this was okay. I don't. I don't think it is. I could be wrong, but because mm. um, his is uh, again, he's running. A, a, he's got Cthulhu on the brain, right? Oh, you know. Speaking of Cullen, I know we're in, we're in, in what's new and not catching up, but I don't think I talked about Eden last week, and you did. And he said that was going to be more fucked up yeah. than piecemeal. Do you think it was more fucked up than piecemeal? I haven't. I haven't actually read it yet. Okay, I did read it. Fuck. Okay, I did read it, and it's fucked up. For sure. I just don't know if it's as messed up as piecemeal is. It's like gotcha. piecemeal. I, I mean, like, cause it, 
it uh, piecemeal kind of like shocked me. Like it was like uh, I don't know. It's close, but it was. It's definitely good. I highly recommend reading Eden. It's a one-off story there. I think it's what probably forty-eight pages or something like that. But yeah, Eden. Eden was very good. I really enjoyed it. I just like if you're asking me on the more messed up scale or whatever, I still might lean more towards piecemeal. Maybe that's because Colin warned us beforehand too. I don't True. know. True. But he's got his Black Hammer Visions coming out later on. And what else from yep. um, Dark Horse? Uh, and so I wanted to read this, but uh, we, we didn't get a copy of this for some reason. The House of Lost Horizons, number one. So well, Dark Horse and our review copies always seem to get lost in the so, mail. It's all, yeah, it's always uh, it's a thing, but uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> we can't, it can't, every can't make us happy, I guess. Uh, AWA, anything from them this week? Uprising, uh, Resistance Uprising, issue two of six. So okay. I'm, I'm buying these, I'm holding off reading them because. My plan, uh, Nicholas, is to, uh, in the next uh, week or two, do the original Resistance storyline. Uh, ah. Read it, and then hopefully I like it and do it on the show, and then I can start uh, start reading these. But uh, okay. as I said as I said last week, you know, the AWA was – this is sort of what AWA was founded on, was this Resistance in the superhero universe. Um, and, and then everything else just kind of came into the fold with that. So this was one of the, the pillars – of AWA's original uh, title, so oh. uh, I've got I've got the first six books of uh, the Resistance. Uh, I've read Resistance Unborn, which acted as an origin story, and then I'm looking forward to reading that. So hopefully, I'll do that on the show soon. Okay, yeah, they've got. I mean, obviously, we we, we talked about Marjorie Finning and Temporal Criminal a little bit beforehand, yeah. and then we've had um, Archangel Eight. And then uh, Bite Size was Colin's book, but that was kind yeah. of more for kids and definitely something yeah. that I know your nephew enjoyed uh, quite a bit. So they've they've got a lot of good stuff going over there. Redemption, on, uh, uh, Chariot, I mean, and so then, many good books. Oh my god, what's the one that you talked about on the show? Oh my god, I can see the artwork, but I can't see the title. Oh my god, and I know the whole. I remember the whole story and everything. What the fuck's the name, Joe? Which one? I'm this, having the, a brain fart. This the story, the AWA book that you. Or oh, is that not AWA? With hotel, the, hotel. No, I wasn't thinking of hotel. Maybe it's not an AWA. What's the book that um it's the rage um and, and then you have like the kid who's like in um like crutches or whatever. Or so, oh, that's like, resident. Resident. That's vault. It's vault. Ah yeah. shit. Okay, well, dang it. All right, my bad. I thought that was AWA. It sounds like an AWA book, if we're being honest. Resident's um, fantastic, but yeah, okay. no, that was that uh, was not. And then uh, Redemption AWA. is the other one. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Um IDW Canto City of Giants issue two, and then yeah. Sea of Sorrow issue five. Four from- books I have to get caught up on, but Nick, I did find this is not on our list today, but I did find this bad, Larry. Oh, look at you. Yep. Okay, nice. Yep. So for those who are who are listening to us and not watching the stream, uh, oh, yes. that is um, the best of Michelangelo TMNT. The best of Splinter is coming out this month, May. So yeah. I'm, I'm definitely picking that one up. I think it's actually next week, so the week of TLDR 37 that should come out. Yep. Um, Aftershock had Scouts Honor Issue 5 and Maniac of New York Issue 4. How has that one been, Maniac of New York? I haven't read it yet. I'm collecting it. I'm going to wait wow. until uh, you know I've got. I think issue yeah issue four came out today, so I got a nice collection. So I'll read those all together. Uh, this is one that uh, I believe Cullen Bunn was excited to read as well. So oh, that's that. Okay, that's why it was sticking out in my head. Yeah. Okay, uh, image. Of course, you talked about Geiger before. We have issue two out this week. Your absolute favorite, Ice Cream Man, issue twenty four is out. Yeah. Time Before Time, of course, an important life lesson for everybody, issue one. Um, Then there's Carmen, issue three. We talked about that one earlier as well. But the one that I am most excited about from Image this week that I I read, have you read Silver Coin, issue two yet? Or The Silver Coin, excuse me? I read it it before I went to the comic shop today. Fucking blew my mind, man. Oh, Oh, my God. The Silver Coin is 
awesome, everyone. Yeah. Gotta yeah. read it. The first issue was really, really good. And the second one, they're so it's like they're they're separate, like they're mini stories, their own individual stories, yeah. but it's not it's all about this coin. Yeah. Um, and you, you guys kind of see as it goes along like what it does, but it oh my god. I don't I don't yeah. know which one I like more though. Do you? Uh though, this one. I mean, this and, one. and the first one was written by Zadarsky, and I absolutely mm -hmm. loved it. Uh, because it says Kelly Thompson, the, the rock star, and you know, using the coin because he wanted to uh but yeah. this one was Sorry, that was fine. The book's been out a month. That's uh, true. You're right. You're right. Fuck that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Sorry. it's been out a month, and yeah, it's it's an bad. anthology. Uh, but this one, I won't give it away. But it was just absolutely loved it. And I was so I was taking a look. The writers, you know, the the creators for the silver coin. It's Zdarsky. It's Kelly Thompson. One of them's Jeff Lemire. So I'm hoping that he's actually writing a book because I can't wait to read that one. I didn't realize Lemire was too. I saw Kelly Thompson obviously because yeah. she wrote this. If one. you wait, wait, you know, on the on the page where it's got yeah, it you know all the it. thing, right? It says it down the bottom. It says Chip Zdarsky, Jeff Lemire, Kelly Thompson. There's two other people. I think you definitely said that before too, and I just I just forgot. I don't yeah. know why, but I will be talking about an image book this week, as I mentioned um, off the top of the show. But with uh, with Doc, you got a different. Actually, we talked. We'd mentioned this company earlier, but we didn't have any new books. I think for them, at least that we knew of this week, Joe. What are you talking about this week? Well, I'm going to jump in my hot tub here because that's what Freddie wants to see. Okay, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, the autumnal. Finally, Woo! the autumnal baby. Yes, uh, this was written by Daniel uh, Kraus, artist, uh, beautiful art uh, by Chris Sheehan, uh, colors Jason Wordy, and the letters by Jim Campbell. And this is a book that I absolutely love i mean right from the first issue it hooked it hooked me in and you know it's it's got a very stephen king vibe to it and and there's some stephen king references you know you know throughout uh the book it's uh six issues uh currently and i wouldn't say the first arc ended because i, I believe it's only eight issues it's only going to be eight issues long uh but it's it's a great horror suspense book without it being it's it's that kind of horror and suspense where it's a very slow build uh very subtle and and you just read it and there's just this constant state of i don't want to call it like anxiety but just that constant state of suspense you know uh, to keep it simple that that you you get and you feel throughout reading this um story um so let me uh, just give uh, everyone the synopsis here real quick so following the death of her estranged mother, Kat Somerville and her daughter, Sybil, flee a difficult life in Chicago for the quaint and possible pernicious town of Comfort Notch, New Hampshire. And that's another wonderful thing that the artist here does really well is he really paints this picture of this like creepy Stephen King, you mm. know, uh, small town. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so Comfort Notch, you very much get the vibe that you're in you know uh you know leaf peeping town it's somewhere in new hampshire in you know in the fall and with it you know with the name being the autumnal that's right i mean just nailed it nailed it right on the head before you go any further i do want everybody to know when doc says that he was like, looking forward to, or enjoy this book since the beginning he that i want to correct him he's enjoyed he's been excited about this book since before it came out like yeah. he when he first heard about it i think it was from freddie he's like been in on it from the beginning he's like this is gonna be awesome blah blah yeah. blah and i'm the fact that it's lived up or at least come close to meeting your expectations for it is is i mean that right there just says how awesome the book is yeah yeah and i've never heard of uh you know this writer daniel kraus but he's he's a really good storyteller he he really he's he you know one of the things we we talk about on this show 
a lot, and we talked with with Sean Lewis, is is characters. You know, writing characters that uh, you believe in, writing characters that you care about, and and because you want to, you know, you want to see them, you know, overcome whatever obstacles or, uh, you know, they're, they're faced with. And and so right off the bat, you're introduced to the two main characters, and it's it's primarily. Uh, Cat, the mother, uh, that's the main character throughout this, but her daughter, you know, plays a role as well. Uh, but the, the central focus is around Cat, and and so she's, you know, a single mom just sort of struggling to get by, struggling to hold herself together. You know, to be honest with you, you know, she's abusive relationships, you know, dead end job after dead end job, you know, you know, laid on her more, you know, rent and all that stuff. So you know, you, you see her, you're struggling. You know, she's got a black eye in the beginning of the book, you know, so like already you sympathize, you know, you with her and, and then you have her daughter, Sybil, uh, who's uh, seven or eight. And she has this disorder called, um, explosive, uh, intermittent explosive disorder. So she's sort of always getting into fights and, and beating the shit out of kids because she's got this sort of just, you know, inner rage that she can't like just outbursts that occurred, you know, oh. you don't know what's going to set her off. It's only really at play in this first issue, um, you know, going throughout, you know, when, you know, when they go from Chicago to New Hampshire, that really doesn't play that much of a part, but it, it helps sort of set the stage for who the, who the character just kind of is like, she's has trouble fitting in. Uh, you know, there's this, this wonderful relationship between the two because the mother is, she's a fighter as well. You know what I mean? And, and, mm -hmm. and so you, you get this great relationship between the two and, and those are the two characters that you sort of, you're focused on that you're, you're constantly rooting for because it's almost like they're always outsiders and they're, they're, they're especially outsiders uh, when they, when they move to, or when they go to New Hampshire. Now, what, what causes that move to New Hampshire is that Cat, uh, her, her mother, she get you know they're at the they're at school because the daughter had broken some girl's nose, and she's you know they're going back and forth with the principal and all that, and then you know you see Cat um, gets a call saying that her mother passed away, and you you learn right off the bat that she did not have a good relationship with her mother, hmm. uh, but she's been left her mother's house, so she's like fuck it, you know we're getting you out of the school We're we're getting out of the city and we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to go see what the hell's going on in New Hampshire. And then, you know, when they get there, this is when all the weird, you know, it's just subtle, weird things start to happen. The people they interact with are very leery of them, especially when they say who, uh, you know, who their mother was. Uh, uh, so Kat's mother was named uh, Trudy Somerville. And you get the sense that she there's something weird about something off about her because no one has a good thing to say about her, and they're constantly warning, "Don't go to that house, don't stay in that house." Um, but there's something more, you know. Going so that on would you say that house. house gives them a sense of discomfort? <laughs> see, I see mm. you did there with comfort, mm. not say mm. very slick, Nick. Very slick. I try. Uh, <laughs> so it's just. You know, as you're reading, you know, the first issue, you don't get the sense that there's anything really supernatural going on. There's just a lot of creepy vibes okay. uh, until you get to sort of the last panel because they're at the funeral home. No one's oh, the first issue. Up. The first issue. Okay. You get to the your funeral home. No one's there. The funeral, you know, the, the woman running the, the funeral um, house is uh, 
is very suspicious. She's downright rude. Uh, the, you know, Kat just wants, she wants to see her mother one last time for some reason. And she goes to open up the casket and you sort of get this look right by for those watching at home, you get this sort of weird image here sort of behind me, not oh. quite like that, but very reminiscent. So inside the casket, there are just, there's her body, but she's got twigs growing out of her eyes. There's leaves everywhere. And the lady comes over, slams the casket down. She says, I don't know what you saw, but you did not see what you just saw. What the f wait, 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 okay now so right then and there I, okay yeah so good so then it's got you asking questions right away and in yep. the best way possible because when I hear that I'm thinking what well, does that mean like don't tell anybody that you saw that or does that mean like in like what is it like an or else thing or is it like it just for this the betterment of you just you don't want to deal with it or is it like you actually didn't see that and it's fucking mind games on you okay all right it's good. more like right, good. I'm you didn't in. see that it's it's for the betterment of you and you get the vibe that, you know, everyone just wants them to leave. They're not welcome there because of who her mother was, you know. That image is at the very end of the first issue, though. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And you don't hear any, like, you get no further clarity on the situation until the second issue. Exactly. Got exactly. It. So, right, this is a great example of a book just telling a good story. And then, boom, right, there's the hook. Gotcha. That's the fucking hook. Right. And so the characters of Kate and Sybil, they're great characters. Um, you root for them constantly. Um, the town of Comfort Notch, right, is a character unto itself, which you'll you, you find out issues, you know, two, but really more sort of like issues, you know, three, four, five, like as you start to get on, right? You start to, you know, things start to unravel. You, the mysteries of this town, uh, the, the mysteries of people within this town really start to come into, you know, focus. Uh, especially as Kat starts digging into things because she mm. goes into real sort of detective mode because she's trying, because she wants to live a happy life, but weird shit keeps happening and she wants to piece it all together because there's something about her past that she's blocked out and trying to, you know, figure out you know, because when she was young, when she was nine or 10, her mother sent her away, got her out of that town, sent her to live with an aunt and uncle that didn't want her. And that's, oh, where wow. that and that's where that resentment stems from, you know, oh. so you, you, you learn about that. And uh, it, this is all within the first issue. So I'm not, I'm not, so there's a lot of great character building. First issue's fair game. Yep. And then oh. everything that just sort of, you know, wraps up or not wraps up, but follows that just gets even more interesting, engrossing, weird. And the, the sixth issue, which just came out a couple of weeks ago, the ending to that again was another jaw drop. You're like, Oh fuck shit is about to get real and with only a couple of issues left you know the story is really gonna just ramp up even faster i think from that point forward so Wait, so how long is it supposed to end up being do you know I think it's only eight or nine issues so oh, it's gonna wrap up soon so i didn't wow. realize that for some reason i thought it was 12 you know otherwise i would have made you wait even longer and just yeah you know i would have that would have been fine i would well yeah. <laughs> but I, been, I mean i've been, you've been wanting to hear about it because i know you've been wanting to i've been dying yeah, to talk because about i've it. been collecting like so with some of these i wait to buy them or whatever or you, we can get review copies so maybe i don't have to and but like with this one i've been get, buying it from day one because you said so and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna like uh, i'll wait and let you talk about it because you're gonna i know you're really gonna want to get into it and i yeah. may like it but whatever we'll see and i have all of them sitting on like my coffee table getting they're ready to read yeah and so, you know, what's nuts too, because you don't really kind of know what's going on, but like the townsfolk are like, they're weirdly obsessed with the leaves. Don't, don't touch the leaves. What the fuck? Don't touch the, don't go near the trees. And it just, it's, it's, it's just, it gets, 
I, I don't know. Do you how have clarity on that yet? I'm curious. Do you have like clarity on those types of things so at this point in the story? Yeah, you do because there's there's this there's this backstory that you get about the town and and you know just some old okay. uh, you know whether it's a, a folk tale or there, there's there, there's something that happens that you learn about and it's just again the suspense it is slow it builds and there's mo- so when it does when you do get those you know intermittent like oh shit moments it makes them pop you know even more and okay. so the writing is tremendous the art as i said uh it's just it's just gorgeous because there's a, there's times where it's sort of you know realistic you, you get a very sort of like a, a i don't want to say photorealism because it's not like uh say um joker uh or harley whatever um criminal sanity oh yeah where, but you 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 get you know there's times where it's really really realistic and then there's other times where it's almost watercolor like and so it's just hmm fantastic job is done you know all around you know on this book you know so every little character that you meet you know is is interesting and and there's some other ones that you get introduced to and at first you're you're put off by them and then you're rooting for you know they just enough i cannot praise this book enough plain and simple i think yeah so chris sheen is the artist correct yeah i've never yeah I've never heard of him before, he, or or she. I don't know. I'm assuming it's a he because Chris, but yeah, be. uh, so I've never heard of. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of this team either. You know, and uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll definitely be checking out. You know, if they've done stuff, you know, in the, previously, I'm going to check it out. Anything they do in the future, I, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, it's just this was an absolute home run, no doubt. Really. About it. Well, I mean, like I said, you you had expectations for this. This is not yeah. like a normal indie book where, oh, like Carmen, like we didn't have expectations for it. Like it looks interesting. I'll give it a shot. Who knows? You know, if you know the art, the, the artist or the writer, maybe you have a little bit more of a, you know, you have some thoughts yeah. going into it, some preconceived notions or whatever. But with this, it's just like you thought it was going to be awesome from what you had heard and it hasn't let you down whatsoever. Yeah. So that's huge. So show or movie? Yeah. Uh, I would say this would have this would you know, it's tough because of the timeline, you know, and I don't I don't see, you know, where they would go beyond one season of this, you know what I mean? So maybe a movie would be the best way because I mean, I guess, you know, studios and companies they'll just do like one season of a show and that's it. Like WandaVision, um, I mean, if they, if if what what happened see what happened with WandaVision, I would love for that to become a thing because there are definitely instances where it's like Four hours, like okay. Obviously, yeah. what do you call it? Um, Snyder's uh, Justice League. That's a that's a little egregious, but we understand there's a lot of crap around that, and like right. that's why he did the four hours. But in general, there are definitely stories that in, in comics and probably movies and I mean books rather that um deserve more than uh deserve more than just two hours for a story, but they can't also. Yeah. A, even two seasons of a show so yeah. how do, in with like you know live action you don't usually make those 20 minutes unless it's a comedy so yeah. so you're saying in an ideal world this gets wandavision treatment essentially oh yeah in an, in an ideal world yeah you give this six eight episodes to tell the story you know like if it's if it, okay so if it's eight books each episode is a is, is a book right mm-hmm. is an issue mm-hmm. and then you boom you tell the story that would be great right uh because as a movie yeah you could do it but it might i don't know how well it would work within that short of a time frame 
Gotcha. And if you were going to like, okay, we're going to make an autumnal show, there's not enough source material to really go beyond say eight episodes. So yeah. I feel like the subtleties you're talking about wouldn't care. wouldn't have the same weight in a movie. No, unless you just think, oh yeah, you made a mini series, a couple of two hour episodes, like, like what, you know, the BBC does with like Sherlock and, you know, and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. if there was more source material, if I knew that there was going to be something beyond issue eight, which there very well could be. As I was going to ask you next, like, it's a matter of you know, with something like this, you know, with, we'd like, as much as we're bummed about die in that, how that's coming to an end. One thing we like about indie books is like, there's a story to be told with the set of characters in this world, whatever. And it has an ending to it. And it stops there after that. Like, yeah, their story goes on maybe, but they, we don't, you don't need to know it in this instance. Do you think that it would make sense if they go and do another arc or whatever? See, it's hard to answer. Cause I have to see how it ends. You Fair know enough. what I mean? Like the, the, the story that's been, been being told is is very you know there isn't okay. a whole lot of leeway for like you know it very well could swerve us and then who knows but right now it's a very linear story and we're we're on the precipice of it blowing wide open before we get to the uh, finale um or it has been blown wide open and now we're working towards the finale um so I, it's a hard one to answer until i've read the the last issue and be like i need more or okay. no, that was a perfect ending. I think between this one and crossover, I'm going to have to make a decision for our trade issue. That <laughs> what I'm going to talk about on there, or of course, Daredevil is you know always on the table too, right? I mean, actually, yeah, I guess I could yeah. Do that at some point, but, um, uh, okay. So let's see. Is there anything else about uh, the autumnal that I need to know about before I read this? Because I no. am thousand percent going to read this. Yeah, no, I, it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's a, it's a can't miss book for sure. Okay, so then that now it's my turn to talk about the book that I had planned for this weekend. Part of uh, why I didn't, I wasn't able to, you know, get on what's new or uh, catching up. I didn't have, I didn't catch up on anything because there are definitely things I need to catch up on. Uh, but I didn't really get to do that myself this week because I am talking about. Uh, I went and had to read this book from the. It's, it's there's four trades for it. Um, I saw a tease for a fifth at the end of the fourth, but I didn't see it even on Image's website. I have an Image book this week. It is Jupiter's Legacy, which people may now be familiar with because it's a Netflix show. And it's weird, Joe, because, look, you and I have – they're definitely – I mean, look, I drafted – like the, the movie draft that I did this week on Change My Mind, I drafted The Crow. I have not read that comic yet. I am ordering it, though, because I, I think I might want to talk about it on the show because the movie's kick-ass. And actually, it was the 27th anniversary – the day we're recording this, the 27th anniversary of the release of the movie The Crow. Um, but that's based on a comic. I think that came out in – I think so the movie came out in 94. I think the comic was like 88, 89. Did you read that? Uh, I haven't read the comic. Were you even alive when the movie came out? I was alive. I was two, I was three when the movie came okay. out. Yeah. Okay. So like the, the guys were doing the draft and everybody's like, oh yeah, it's a great year for movies. Like I, I was three. I mean, I love Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber, which I took in some of those other movies, but like I, I was three when that came out. Speaking so. of which, Bert says you got robbed. Yeah. You know, I was, um, you know, looking at the, uh, the voting at the end of it all. I think I lost by 1% of the vote. I'm curious, you know, where I'm not going to put you on the spot on the air where to ask you where you voted Joe, but, um, just saying that there may have been some people who I would think would have voted for me. Maybe they didn't. Um, but that is uh, another issue for another day. Um, I'm here to talk about Jupiter's legacy, which we didn't, we, we, what I was trying to say before is we haven't heard about this. We do. And I did not know this, this title. No, all. I did. Well, no, no, it, well, not the book, but the, it's especially the show. No, the, sh the show is mind blowing. You and I, though, you would think like between you, myself, Rich, Davey, and Shime, kind of, um, he's more anime, but between the us and the Dork Boys, 
one of us would have heard of this comic book before yeah. because those are the other guys who read stuff you know close to as much well, close to as much as we do and um in the DSG and not, I'd never heard of this title before and nobody in the DSG at all we all, and we have got like Wes is on top of news probably better than anybody um in the in our group and he he'd never seen this Mac hadn't seen it I hadn't you hadn't the, the Netflix show and it just dropped on us last week I like there was a small sliver of me that was like maybe I had seen a slight announcement about this but really it didn't ring like any bells I was like yeah. which is not see like in some ways like I know, I know some guys in the group haven't liked the show so far, and you watched the first episode, and yeah. I do want to get your thoughts on it. Before I go further, actually, I should talk about the creative team behind this. I, I, I always bury <laughs> this. Uh, written by Mark Millar, uh, pencils by Frank Quietly, and then the colors and letters were by Pete Doherty. Um, now there were uh, Peter Doherty, and there are other people that were involved in this in the art, but Mark Millar and Frank Quietly were the creators of this series. So that's why I'm giving them, you know, top billing when it comes to uh, art and, and writing. But Millar's the one that wrote this from start to finish. And he did Kick-Ass and quite quite a few other th uh, titles that we're familiar with. But when it comes to comics, like, okay, Commanders in Crisis, right? I don't know if I mentioned this on the show recently, but when I was at the time capsule, I believe the owner, if not the guy who like manages as a store or whatever, said to me with Commanders in Crisis, I asked him like, oh, I, I read the first issue and I never could get, get, got back to the next one. I know I, I told everybody I was going to try and do it. I just couldn't because I didn't. I really hated the first two. Really let me down, and he was like, "Oh no, it sucked." And he's yeah. like, "There was so much hype around, and that's what happens sometimes. There's so much yeah. hype to get everybody in on it, and then it's like, ah, oh, we you know we try and cut our losses with the first issue, and then after that, you know, it sucks, but it's the way it goes." Um, and, and now with something like Marvel, you're not going to run into that issue because they're usually doing a lot of good stuff. DC, you know, can be hit or mi more more miss than hit, but it's hit or miss. But with something like this, when it's based off an indie comic, it's weird. Because you would think you like, get as many people as you can in on it. And, and it now is a good time to be in the indie comics business because when you get these shows, The Boys, awesome. Uh, the Walking Dead, I know it's gone on for too long, but it still has a following and it's got some of these spinoff shows have done well. And then, um, and of course, Invincible. So it's just weird. But there is that idea that this is going to be good and you don't need to have all the media and pub behind it beforehand and it'll do it by itself. So I'm going to talk about the book, but Joe... How was the first episode of the show? I haven't watched it yet. And I know you gave it at least some of it a peek. Yeah, I watched the first episode. So, you know, listening to Mac and Goo talk about it and, and some of the other people talk about it on Twitter, you know, I, I I think for me personally, the big, you know, what they need to do is they need to fire the effects team, <laughs> right? Because like the practical effects, like for the amount of money they spent on the show, it looks like they pumped in zero money into like costume. Because mm -hmm. like the costumes were kind of clunky, and like the some of the characters like in present day were aged up, and they just did a terrible job with some of the you know prosthetics and facials, you know, hair stuff they had to do. Like again, minor gripes, but like it, it legitimate gripes though, Joe. Le legitimate, uh, because it takes you it takes you out of it because now you start to look at it like, oh, what kind of Mickey Mouse operation is this? Yeah. And then you know like the special effects. Like the computerized special effects wasn't terrible, but the choreography was kind of tough. Oh, really? Yeah, like like Goo had said, like they're they're punching slow, like the fight scenes, the action scenes, they just they weren't well choreographed. They weren't like there there could have been they should have spent a little bit more time with that. Now, granted, it was a slow episode. There wasn't a lot of action, but mm. you think in the limited action that they did have, they would have put in a little bit more more effort. 
Okay. So, but story wise, again, like I said, it was slow, but like I was interested by it. Like I feel like there's a good story to be told there. Um, and you know, it's the first episode, so you know, you need you know a little bit of time to flesh some of these characters out and mm -hmm. and you get certain vibes uh from certain these are all new to me, so you know, yeah. I'm getting certain vibes from certain characters, which I'm sure you'll you'll get into, and then you know, we can discuss afterwards like how you thought about it reading it, you know, reading it, and then how I thought about that character from watching it and then kind of seeing where they're going. So I think that's part of the issue with the the, the series at first. Now, look, we talk about books on this show that we like when we do it for our, our main line and we're talking, you know, the, the devoting, talking to an arc or a full story. And at first I was like telling Joe as I'm reading it, so we, you know, we went and got the, the four trades on Joe's comicsology, and I'm looking through the first trade and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk about this for the entire episode. I don't like, this is not what we usually do. I don't yeah. like this. The and first, I told you not, don't do it if you don't like it. Yeah, you yeah. did. And then we got to, I got to the second one. It's like, okay, it's getting better. And in the, I want, I think it was the middle of the second or the start of the third. Maybe it's the start of the third. Something like something like that. It fucking takes off. It like in the, the problem. And, and then it made the first two trades so much better. And I really don't think you could have, like, I would, I would have liked, um, three and four, if it hadn't been, if I, mm, you know, there are some pretty significant things with, you know, with like that you needed from one and two to enjoy three and four. And even as I was like getting ready for the show, I'm thinking like, Oh, like the first issue. The, the, so let me, let me read the synopsis before I start bouncing around all over the place. The synopsis, um, the world's greatest heroes have grown old and their legacy is poisonous. One is a poisonous one to the children who will never live up to their remarkable parents. Unmissable. Uh, so they're saying this this arc is this whole story is this event is unmissable and this all I, I don't know how much of this came out in 2013 but i feel like when i saw how image put it up on their site it looks like this all came out within that year yeah. and that would make a ton of sense because i would think you'd need one week after another after another like you need to get all this stuff going because when you get to arc three and four i mean uh, yeah arcs three and four of the trades that's when it's like oh f all right this is the real shit because you it's a it's a commentary on superheroes, which we've gotten that with Invincible. We got that with the boys, and that was really the first like really big pop culture one that we're seeing on on, on any type of screen. And this is definitely different because we're now focusing in on the golden age of superheroes and what those like, you know, a Superman or a Wonder Woman. Now there are similar powers, but there are definitely differences. And you have someone called the Flair, and it's like, okay, that's supposed to be the Flash if you kind of look at his outfit, but he's not a, he's not exactly that either. And then you have uh, Sky Fox who has powers, but is probably closer to Batman in, in some ways, but he's definitely not. I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to compare him to Batman because he's definitely different in quite a few ways, but he gave me that of, of the group. He gave me the Batman vibes. So there's Sky Fox, Utopian, the Flare, Lady Liberty, Brainwave, and Blue Bolt. And Utopian is um, Utopian and Brainwave are brothers. And then you're seeing, so you are looking at these characters, Joe, at the start of the show and they're all old, correct? At the beginning. Yep. Okay, so then at this point, you already know Utopian and Lady Liberty are a thing. They yeah. have kids together. Brainwave has uh, has a kid as well. And um, Chloe and Brandon are the kids of Utopian and Lady Liberty. There's a character named Hutch who – have you met Hutch yet? Oh, I don't think so. Okay, I would think – I would hope you haven't, uh, honestly. He's, a, he's a, a child of another important character. I don't want to give away any no, of that no. yet if you haven't seen it. And then Julian, have you met him yet? No. 
Okay, he he is the, the um, he's a character of another important character. I don't want to give those things away, but this we see it, it starts out slow because we're getting stories. It's almost like if we were getting like these little stories with like Batman Urban Legends, right? We're getting a look at Batman at different points in time, dealing with different characters, and it's kind of like that. Like we get you start off with these little stories to like meet these characters. Like okay, this if a, this superhero had these issues. Like it starts out in the first issue with one character in like the fifties or sixties or whatever it was, he is gay and he is hiding that. And someone tries to blackmail that part of his life to leverage against his teammates and stuff like that. And that's, that's kind of the, that's the first issue. And that only covers like two issues. And then we jump into another thing, but it helps us get to know these characters at the same time. It's like, well, I don't like, why do I care about these characters exactly right now? Aside from the fact that, they're um they're superheroes like okay but we have a ton of superheroes why do i give a shit about them but as i'm going through it and trying to you know get through get, get through the second arc it's starting to we're seeing more depth and we're seeing how someone like the how utopian is has some things that he's dealing with and you get pissed about some of the stuff that goes on with him um, or maybe more happens to him i guess is a better point um and then sky fox another character who's probably my favorite character in the course of, of things wait like what happened to him and how he responds and whatever but i'm telling you joe by the time you get to the third arc it's like oh it's fucking on like now we got some real shit going on and the, the way this thing ends again it says there's the fifth arc i don't know where the fuck that came from i never saw any of that um we both looked for for all the jupiter's legacy stuff couldn't find anything beyond the fourth arc even on images site I don't need more beyond four. Like it ended well with four as much as it's to be continued at the end. It, and the, it just, some of the stuff that happens, it's like, ah, oh, fuck, like this sucks, but it makes sense. And then it's also like, ah, oh, fuck, this is awesome. Like I, I, I was hoping, I was wondering how they're going to do this and they, they kicked ass with it. So um, all around, I am going to give this show a, the, the full f first season chance. I don't care. Uh, Laura and I are going to watch it together. Um, if she drops off on it, I, I will watch it by myself. I don't care because I know this, can be a little slow, but it's definitely worth it because when it picked up, man, whew, it was I'll, good. I'll ask you the same question you asked me about Carmen. Now, with Carmen, you said is three issues, you know, too long for it mm. to kind of, you know, grab your attention. Would you say that twelve issues is too long uh, before it sort of grabs your attention? Because you said, yeah. Like, yeah, it gets cooking with gas by the third arc. Well, that's usually issue number thirteen or so, right? Right. So, yeah, that's a, it, that's a slow fucking build. It's a slow build, but I would say like. It was okay. It gets crazy by like thirteen, more or less. Like I, I don't know if it's exactly six in each, but more or less, it's we'll call it thirteen is when it gets crazy. But in the middle of two, it's like oh, it kind of like takes a turn. It might even been earlier in two where it kind of took a turn and things started to change a little bit. Um, and even in the first one, some like some there there were like it's not. Carmen, like I, I think it's a good parallel that you're trying to draw. But for me, it's like th there's familiar stuff with this because it's like we're dealing with similar archetypes. There's definitely differences. They're not like I would not say this group is like the original Guardians of the Globe. They have some differences, but there are similarities. But I thought I thought that Millar did a good enough job that he goes and it's like I'm interested still, but I want more. I feel like there's more. And I feel like we get like a little more incrementally along the way. But then when it gets to three, the third arc, excuse me, that's when it goes from like, okay, this has probably been a seven the whole way through to fucking ten. Okay. And I, and that's why I, I with the show, I'll give it a shot. But yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like it's um, 
it was like yeah, because that's a lot of reading before it, it really, it really right. you know, you know, blasts off. So yeah, if if it was like if this is when it was going on, I don't I don't know if we would have stuck on honestly. But I bought it, and I'm I have no problem putting my stamp on it and saying like it, it starts off like there like it's that the first story that is interesting. But I'm also like, well, why are you like okay, but why are we starting here? And then you just get away from it after the second issue. It, it just seemed like that's part of. Because I'm, I'm also interested in like how it's not just about like the story we're getting. It's like what's what's the end game here? I don't exactly know, other than you're building up these characters and they. Yeah. So they, but they honestly, they like they did a good job. They kept me in it. I seriously like I was ready. I was getting frustrated with it, but I, I was like, no, I'll do one more issue. I, I cannot remember exactly when that was, but then there was like that change and it was definitely before the third trade. Yeah. And that's when, it, but that's when it just like, when you start getting involved with their kids and all that stuff. And it's like in present, more or less present day, then it's like, Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I, I am um, in, in, in really, because it, you start dealing with like family issues. Is well, what, like, a lot of family issues in that first episode. Like, okay. there's, a, there's a lot of focus on on family issues between okay. you know, um, Chloe Brandon and the yep, and, and yep, yeah, and uh, and then but also between the brothers, so uh, mm. uh, Sheldon and Walter, and then you know, there's some flashback scenes to the 20s, you know, on the stock market crash, and yep, uh, young Sheldon. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know him and his brother and his dad. You know they're running. You know a business and the and the stock market crashes. And then what happens with the dad? I don't know how you know when that takes place in the comic, but that seemed to be a, a turning you know triggering moment for for Sheldon. Obviously because mm -hmm. he saw his dad jump off. It's episode one. So I don't care. It's his father jumps off the the building. You know and and so you get these flashbacks. So there's this sense of I mean Chloe is is real dysfunctional you, you see it the the episode starts off with with young sheldon and young chloe and and chloe you know uses her powers because you know one of the kids is being a real dink and then you know uh, oh you mean with a uh, lady liberty uh, uh sheldon's uh, utopian's wife no 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 the the, the, the daughter the daughter oh, Chloe, the, okay gotcha okay yep, right, yep, right, yep. Right. Is, I, I i might be having the names wrong but anyways yeah, yes. like Utopian comes in and like you know lectures you know the kids about using their powers and that's the sort of the vibe you get like the kid the the kids both resent their father you know for for different reasons but there's a lot of dysfunction there and so good you know that's, like, that's a good place to start like I think it's my feeling on the first episode is probably on par with how you felt with the first couple arcs like maybe it's a seven out of ten like the really the the effects you know. Or what drag it down a bit so mm -hmm. i might say like six and a half out of ten mm -hmm. but like i liked the story i liked everything aside from that you know because it was bordering uh i've heard this mentioned a few times bordering sort of like a cw level type you know show in terms of like special effects stuff like that uh, okay but that i'm okay with that as long as the story's good now if the special effects were as, as bad as they you know, are and if the story stunk, oh, then this is a fuck this. This this movie, I mean, this show just bail. But yeah. there's potential there, right? So I, I I'm with you. I'm gonna keep watching, but I am just sort of taken out of it just a touch because, you know, they should have put a little bit more effort into just some of the things that Amazon does so well. You yeah. saw it with the boys, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the boys absolutely sets the bar. Mm -hmm. Even Invincible as a cartoon 
sets a certain bar. Right. And and Netflix has done well with their comic movies. Yeah, I mean they did well with their well, job. Had, there's one so, that they did, and I forget the fucking name of it. And I watched it in the middle of the shit in 2020, and it was bad. It was one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen, <laughs> and it was based off a comic, and I can't remember what it was. But oh my god, it's they've Netflix has messed up on some things, and I really hope they didn't screw. It sounds like they're starting at the right point, and I'll tell you guys, you know, everybody, like it, the the story is what's really interesting here, and and what like the character as the characters how they develop and. All, again, family drama. That's all the most interesting stuff. So I, I hope the action. That sucks that it's it's brutal, but um, but that can take some take you out of it. And I wouldn't blame anybody for getting taken out. You'll, of that. you'll see what I mean. The choreography is just not great. The, 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 the computer effects are fine, but the choreography is kind of yeah. Uh, okay. Is it is the action as uh, is it as good as what you see in Psych? Okay. I don't know if you guys are going to talk about that at all this week. The action. Well, we are actually talking uh, season two, episode nine, uh, Bounty Hunters. So there is some good, some good action, right? Boba Fett is he going to show up? Uh, perhaps you have, to, you have to tune in and find out. Ooh. Okay, that is on Thursdays. Is it eight thirty this week or is it eight? Eight thirty. Okay. And of course you can follow Doc on Twitch as well. We will at some point be playing the show against one another there. Doc beat me one time and now he doesn't want to give me a shot at a rematch, but that'll, uh, that'll happen some other day until next time, Doc stay sexy.